the Hit the Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast with me, Big Frog. And... Me, Mike Castleberry. And today we're going to keep it all the way live with the best live albums. Yeah. But before we do that, we're going to go a little bit into the current events, the metal news. Um, Paul Stanley's feeding the troops. (laughs) What's up with that? And by the troops, uh, we mean TSA agents. Yeah. Dudes that are out from the lockout or whatever yeah, it's called. And by feeding, uh, it's one meal from his like rock and brew. Rock and brews. Thing. Which I didn't even know was a thing and now I know. Yeah. So that works out. I mean, it makes sense that like it seems like there's a kiss everything else. They have kiss miniature golf and this and that. Right. Like, kiss caskets. I don't know why they're. I didn't yeah. know there's a kiss restaurant also. Right. But well, there like, is. I do think it's kind of funny because it's like, you know. It's a restaurant, you know, dedicated to good food and rock and roll and this and that. I'm like, yeah, they, they, we had that. It was called the Hard Rock Cafe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're not inventing anything new here, Paul. But no, that's it's really cool. I don't want to shit on Paul too much. Cause yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool that they're doing that. And uh, and uh, and Paul was, uh, I seen him on CNN and he said, you know, he wouldn't get into his politics. Yeah, which... Which, you know, that I'm assuming. And he got mad at Gene for going into it and along the same lines. Yeah. So, you know, whatever, whatever. It's all good. Well, that's what Paul... They're old rich guys. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't I expect, you know. I Well, we already know where, where Gene lies. Yeah. I think with Paul, um, he, I mean, he even said in that, that interview, he's like, I'm a rock and roller. Right. I know my, I know my place. Like, I yeah. know my lane. And it's, he doesn't... With Paul... Everybody is a potential source of income. Right. And he doesn't want to alienate anyone. Yeah. He doesn't want to be like, I'm pro-Trump. Yeah. And yeah. then lose half half of his more. Yeah. crowd. He doesn't want to go the other way right. and lose another half. Right. You know, so he's he tries to play it neutral. But yeah. Gene it kinda the whole thing is sort of fucked up because Gene has already been like pro Trump and yeah. this and that and right. very outwardly Republican. Yeah. And it doesn't seem well, I mean, they're not selling out what they used to and that's probably why they're doing the farewell also. Yeah. Uh, on top of that. But I mean I can't Which is in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's super cool that he's doing that. Um you know, he's he's pretty open with the fact he does give a lot a lot to charity and mm-hmm. stuff and his whole line I've heard him repeat multiple times is everybody he's like oh people always tell you to give until it hurts he's like mm-hmm. no you give until it feels good doing something good for people feels good right so i actually it raised my opinion of paul a little bit which right. is probably why he did it <laughs> yeah well you know <laughs> but you know it, two birds one stone and the someone, tour's coming up and yeah. fuck it if someone does something charitable uh for selfish reasons they still, still did, they, they still did something good. Yeah. So I can't really... Net gain. Yeah, I can't right. be like, oh, fuck that guy. He's yeah, only doing yeah. it to make himself look good. Or right. Whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, they did try to get him into it, like, see, you know... Like, they tried to goad him a little bit on that interview to kind of see where he, he leans. Right. You know? Because they didn't... 
make it like a a neutral thing like oh there's a shutdown and you're helping these TSA agents because a lot of these guys have to work without pay to mm-hmm. keep us safe mm-hmm. and she's like now you know Trump put forth this and then the Democrats rejected that mm-hmm. so what do you think of all that well yeah and he just thinks that he just kept it right down the middle yeah. talking about how he thinks the shutdown he, he's like, it hurts people right and that's a very good point he made. You yeah. know, it's at the end of the day, government shutdowns hurt people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good yep. for Paul Stanley. Hell yeah. And we'll see him next week or week and a half. Yeah, we'll, we should, we'll check him out right here. Yeah. Speaking of concerts, I got a couple of shows that I'm going to this week. I'm going to go see Marty Friedman tomorrow. Oh, that's going to be pretty That's going to be awesome. Sure and, uh, I like him because um, he keeps it metal. Yeah. You know, like, they, I mean, all of them dudes, they have, like, some element of metal in their shit. Uh-huh. But, like, you know, Satriani's real melodic, and Steve Vai's real out there. Yeah. And Ingve's, you know, he's got some metal in it, but it's more Blackmore school, you yeah. know, than, than whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> Nita Strauss was pretty fucking heavy metal. Yeah. You know, and I expect this to be along the same line. So that should be pretty cool. Uh, there's two bands opening. Um, one of them is, uh, uh, I can't remember, something Guardian, and they sounded good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get there for them. Yeah. But the first band, they didn't sound too hot, so they sounded pretty garagey. Yeah. So, I'll try to get there for them, but I'm not gonna fucking like make it an issue with yeah. Lonnie, you know. So be like, get ready, yeah, bitch. whatever, yeah. We're missing yeah. such and such, such and the- who I can't even remember for the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, no, I won't be making an issue with that, and uh, and whatever. And then the next day, we're gonna go up to uh, Santa Monica, and they're having the Randy Rhodes remembered. Thing, oh, cool. Which I wasn't going to go to because <clears throat> they wanted more money this time. We went to the first one. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And then uh, the next year, for whatever reason, we couldn't go because I think we were out of town or something. And then this year, the prices went like through the roof. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, now nah, whatever, whatever. And then she like surprised me for my birthday and got me a ticket. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so that's awesome. So we're going to go up there. And, uh, and what that is, is like, you know what the NAM show is? Hmm. It's like the National Association of Music Merchants, right? Okay. And they have this big show in L.A. where um, everybody breaks out their new shit. You know, the new yeah. guitars, the new amps, new pedals, all that shit. And <clears throat> everybody brings their their uh, endorsers, you know. So you're going to see Steve Vai at the, at the uh, Ibanez. Uh, booth, you see, like Phil Collin at the Jackson booth, or uh, Adrian Smith, or you yeah. know, not not necessarily all of them, but all the ones that they can get, right? So all of the super shredders are in LA that week, you know, and um, and so what they did was they put this Randy Rhodes Remembered Festival, and they put the uh, the John Bonham Bonzo Fest that same weekend so all these dudes are already in town they can just kick them a little something and they'll come and play yeah you know so they have like the house band they call them the Mad Men 
It's like Brian Tishy. He was in Ozzy's band. Yeah. And he's such a fucking Rhodes fan that he has like polka dot drums. Yeah. You know, and uh, Rudy Sarzo, uh, and different dudes to fill it to fill out the band, and then just everybody who they can get will come yeah. and play. So they had like last time they had um, they had a bunch of dudes, man. They had uh, um, the dude from uh, from uh, Sebastian Bach was there. Oh, okay. You know, and he was drunk. And like he like wanted to stay on and sing more songs than he was yeah. supposed to sing, so they kind of had to drag him off the stage yeah. and whatever, and all the and all the guitar players, uh, you know, were there. Like you know, all the uh, the side men, Chris Broderick was there, and mm-hmm. fucking a couple of Randy Rhodes students were there, and they basically play all the Rhodes songs. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really looked who's gonna be on this time, but. Um, but I know, like, like last time Joe Hoekstra was there, I think, um, uh, anyways, bunch of dudes. But, uh, so that ought, that ought to be cool. And then what they did, too, was they condensed it to the, to one night. So after the Rhodes show is going to be the Bonzo Fest. Oh, yeah. And so then it's going to be just all the guest drummers, <laughs> you know? So that ought to be that ought to be pretty cool. I wonder if fucking Ben Burrow show up, huh. you know, because he he's like he's kind of in that scene now, right there, where yeah. uh, where he's like the he's the comedian to jam with, yeah, you know, so on the drum, so that'll be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that sounds fun. I'm sure Ripper will be there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> dudes like that will be there. Yeah, well, you for know, sure. um, it's funny. I was listening to a Randy Rhodes tribute album, not the tribute Ozzy thing but okay um and his brother played on one of the songs oh his brother's not, not yeah. exactly a slouch on guitar either right and his brother will be there yeah uh he his brother looks like he's been through it like yeah, yeah. you know he's got like he's got that Eddie Money thing going on where he's kind of dragging himself out there you know yeah well but uh but yeah he's he, he's there he plays like he plays keyboards and and uh, he plays guitar. Uh, Brian Titchy also plays guitar, um, and is really not bad. You know that that's that trips me out when uh, when some dudes are are uh, good at one thing and not good at, at and also good at another thing. Yeah. Which oh there there's some news. <clears throat> Queensrÿche announced this week that Scott Rockenfield, original drummer, is not on the new album, hmm. and drums were played by the singer Todd Latore. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so that's fucking weird. Usually they, they'll tell you that like before the fact, but yeah. I guess they just got done and they were just like, okay, well, he never showed up. So, you know, he was on like paternity leave or something. Huh. And then he just like stayed gone, I guess. So that's the story that they're going with anyways. Do they have a new live drummer? Or uh, they do. No, they have a guy and and uh, it's not clear what's going what's gonna to go on, but... Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I guess once you're not original anymore, anyways, it yeah. stops mattering as much. It's that kiss level shit where you don't know who played what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know. you know. But um, yeah, at least I, I wonder if they had to pay him more to play the drums on it too, or yeah. just whatever. No, that's, I'm sure he got his salary, and that's what he makes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a trip though. Like, um, it's not quite the same, but uh, Bruce Kulick 
on some of those Kiss albums he's on, he uh, played the bass also. Ah. So Gene wasn't even playing bass on some of those songs. Right. And, yeah, he uh, wouldn't miss it. And he would talk. He was talking about how he had fun in impersonating Gene's style. Right. And playing that and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Do 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 do. Yeah. He was like, you know, he gets he gets a little more busy than you'd expect on some of those songs. Right. Oh, another one since you since you brought it up. This is hilarious. On previous podcasts on the on our Black Sabbath podcast, yeah. I talked about how nobody who covers Black Sabbath songs ever covers uh Geezer's bass lines the way that he plays them, yeah. you know? And it's and it, and uh I mean I'm pretty positive on that. But I wanted to uh, like make sure or whatever. So in this day and age, technology being what it is, yeah. I asked Rudy Sarzo, uh-huh. right? And he answered, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so basically, you know, I asked him, you know, I go, hey, you know, I noticed that, you know, on Speak of the Devil, you know, when you play the Sabbath songs, you, you don't really... Uh, Covered the baseline exactly as it is. It seems like Geezer's shit is a lot busier and yours is a lot more streamlined. You know, is that the case? And he said, "Yeah." He said, "You know," he said, "Basically, he said my concern was locking in with Tommy Aldridge, mm-hmm. right? And he wasn't playing the parts the same as Bill, so yeah. it wouldn't, it wouldn't even fit if I played it, you know, mm-hmm. the same way. So yeah, he goes, no." I just played it, you know, my own way, and just locked in with uh, with Tommy yeah. Aldridge. Cool. That's what I. That's kind of what I thought, you know. I really didn't put it together that what the drummer was playing would matter that much, yeah. but it does I to mean, a bassist. The, you know? Yeah, they're the rhythm section. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. See, because to me, it wouldn't matter at all. That's <laughs> that's cool that the that he uh, responded to yeah. you on that. Yeah. It's a trip. It's probably not very busy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he like, he, uh, all of his pictures and all of his stuff are him and his cats. He well, has his cats know. and he loves his cats. Oh, while we're uh, on random topics, uh, we, we forgot to do this for the last few weeks. I kind of wanted to do a little shout out to the, what is it, the Sa- uh, Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Oh, yeah. They, they gave us a, a mention on their Twitter. And, right. You know, maybe a few people decided to come listen to us because of that. So right, I gave them a listen after that. And it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good podcast. It's, yeah, it's specifically about Black Sabbath. Right. So you know, I think it's kind of a he's got sort of an end date in mind because you get some of those podcasts that have like a limited run. Right. But he's you know. Right. I don't know if he was listening to other podcasts to prep for his episode on Dio. Right. But he that's when he mentioned that we had a. You know, our episodes about, you know, right. Dio era Black Sabbath and yeah. Rainbow and Deep Purple and right. stuff like that. Well, if, so. he's, get, if he's just doing a, uh, just a Black Sabbath podcast, he probably gets, like, way more in-depth, oh, yeah. you know, about, the, you know, the little things, which is cool. You know, I, yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. I know it's definitely, it was, a, it was probably more in-depth than ours. I think ours was, 
we weren't trying to be historians and trying right. to give people a history lesson. We're trying to just talk about the music and yeah. uh, how we felt about it. Yeah, that. that's what I try to do is I just try to give an impression of the impression it had on me. Yeah, that's but, you know. Shout out to that podcast for giving us a shout out. Hell yeah, and and follow us on Twitter because we just started our Twitter and we only have like two followers. I think. Yeah, <laughs> so we got to get you know a, a, a reasonable number. I don't know. 50, something like that, yeah. you know. All right, so basically what we're doing today is we're going to talk about the best live albums, hard rock and heavy metal. And, you know me, I never like, I never just do it as you should do it. <laughs> so basically I've made a list of, of ones that I think are great, but I really only want to talk about a couple that just were more significant to me yeah, really for whatever resonated. reason. Yeah. And um, and so, what I, you want to go? Uh, sure, I'll start. I I feel like we're probably gonna have some crossover. In a probably. Of these. Well, I saw a few of yours, so I avoided yeah. those ones. But yeah. yeah, I like all of yours. Yeah. Uh, this one, I it came to me today. This is gonna be this. This one meant a lot to me. It's gonna be a little out there for our podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, Nirvana Unplugged. Okay. Was. A, that was a big deal for me. Right. Nirvana was huge mm -hmm. when I was a teenager. Well, you know, Kurt killed himself when mm -hmm. I was about 14. But the the Unplugged, MTV Unplugged record they did, it's generally considered the best. Of the Unplugged? Uh, of the Unplugged. Okay. You know, because <clears throat> other ones, you know, there are some cool ones. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, Kiss Unplugged was significant because yeah. it caused the fucking... Uh, yeah, it caused yeah. the reunion. And it's all right. Yeah. But most of it is people playing their hits, mm -hmm. unplugged, mm -hmm. not not really taking any risks with it. Right. And, uh, you know, Kiss worked unplugged, mm -hmm. you know, but Alice in Chains was all right, unplugged mm -hmm. and stuff like that. What Nirvana did is they looked at their catalog and they're like, okay, if we try to play Smells Like Teen Spirit unplugged, mm -hmm. it's going to sound fucking horrible. Right. It's going to be stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> so they put together a set list that was of some of their more obscure stuff, some of their more laid back numbers, uh, a bunch of different covers. <clears throat> like they did a string of covers of like the Meat Puppets and had the Meat Puppets join them on stage. Right. And then uh, ended it with a Lead Belly cover of Where Do You Sleep Last Night. That's considered one of the biggest, best performances ever on that. Mm -hmm. So it it meant a lot to me as a teenager. I listened to that a lot. Cool. And it's not hard rock. I mean, te I mean Nirvana is hard rock on its own, mm -hmm. but it was a, they really did something different with theirs. Right. Made it you know. Right. Really, it, it, you know, elevated the unplugged style. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know what's funny is. Uh, Lonnie sends me links to things that she thinks would be like relevant to talk about on here. Uh -huh. And one of the things that she sent me recently was uh, an interview with Billy Corgan where he talks about how, uh, you know, in during that time, uh, anything that was related to metal was just not cool. Yeah. So you just didn't talk about that kind of shit if you were in that scene or whatever. <clears throat> he goes, but if you look at who Nirvana was into and then who they were into, and you'll see that indirectly, 
those are Sabbathy riffs. Yeah. He goes and and uh, he said I did it too, you know. So there were like there still was a lot of bleed over into that from from metal from the roots yeah. of metal, you know. Well, so, that's a, yeah. That was the thing is they, you know. Kurt did, Cobain was a Black Sabbath fan. Yeah. Rick Corgan was a Black Sabbath. A lot yeah. of people were Black Sabbath fans. It was one of those deals where <clears throat> that's where I think it's kind of this, like I said, like for me in the nineties, um, metal wasn't cool to mm-hmm. an extent, but it was uh specifically like the eighties right. metal. Yeah. You know, stuff like Black Sabbath got a pass. Right. Stuff like Metallica got a pass right. because it was thrash, right. heavy, and so yeah. Slayer, Motorhead, you know, shit you couldn't, uh, yeah. What it was the it was the glam stuff that was like, right. get rid of that. And then for some reason, bands like Iron Maiden were kind of laughed at, right, by my era, right, as being corny and yeah. And it's it had nothing to do with the music. It was all the presentation, right. It was right. just the. The outfits, yeah, and everything seemed corny. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we we uh, we watched the other day this. Uh, I've been getting a lot of new DVDs that because I found this new website, <laughs> and uh, and you know, we watched the other day Judas Priest the videos, mm-hmm. and and uh, Breaking the Law was just like Lottie was like what. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, man. Like, if that if that was the first thing you saw, you'd just be like, well, that, and you saw it like later on. Yeah. You'd just be like, oh yeah, no, dude. no thanks. Yeah. And you'd lump them into that, yeah, to that category, you know, whatever. But yeah, uh, so that's cool. That's cool. I can I can respect that. I don't like uh, I don't like acoustic music. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but. You know, it's cool. It's cool. I, I and you know what? I, I respect it because it's difficult to do. Yeah. It's, you know, it is. It's difficult to, to uh, for me to. It's it would be difficult to entertain anybody without electricity. Yeah. Well, that's why Spanish Fly is so impressive. Yeah. Yeah. You know. All right. You want to keep going? You want to just go back and forth? Uh, let's go back and forth on this. Let's All right. Keep it interesting. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna start with a couple that that I have to acknowledge because they were on every list that I looked at. Uh-huh. Although for me personally, live shit from Metallica, a decade of aggression from Slayer, those are the bands that I don't necessarily need like to hear their live albums. Mm-hmm. You know, I will see them live or I'll listen to the studio album because it's gonna be cleaner and tighter than which the yeah. clean and tight is the thing you know what I mean yeah and so yeah I those are both great albums but I would just for those bands I just listen to the studio shit more okay you know um but like I said they were on every fucking list so you, you gotta mention them. <laughs> well funny enough uh live shit was also on my list <laughs> oh there you go um specific I mean live shit it's one of those things where it was it was a big box set, you know. Mm-hmm. Which it's funny because when I had gotten it, it was final after DVDs and everything, right? And CDs had come out, really. So it was less of a huge box set. Is uh, you know the big thick jewel case that mm-hmm. had all the discs in it. Mm-hmm. I remember when that shit first came out, and it was VHSs and shit like that. Oh yeah. So you had like 
a couple of VHS tapes and this and that because it has um, the uh, playing in Seattle in 88. In San Diego. In San Diego right. in 92, I think. Right. And then you have the, the live uh, Mexico City 92 right. CDs. And um, so I put it down specifically for the Mexico City part because I've listened to that a lot. Mm -hmm. And that is where I think... Um, I think it works in the sense that I feel like this was... It was really capturing Metallica at their biggest. Mm -hmm. They're still like the biggest fucking band in the world, but this is when they were the hottest, hottest, hottest thing right. going. Like they were on the way up. Yeah. Still, yeah, too. They ju Well, I think they just kind of peaked. Yeah. Because it, this is a little bit after the Black Album had come out. So they had, you know, sold 30 million albums and shit like right. that. And right, They're huge. Mm -hmm. So they're playing at, in, like, Russia and shit like that. to a million people in a crowd. And um, <clears throat> it kind of captured that moment in history for them. And some of the songs, I just feel like the, the live version elevates it so much. Mm, where okay. um, it's not like that for every song but a lot of them like you know like you said so you'll see them live or you'll listen to the album in this like if you listen to uh, Whiplash mm -hmm. on specifically their Mexico City one it is so much heavier than the album version right the okay. drums have a heavier sound like this is the thing is people shit on Lars a lot yeah during that time period I'm sure he's deteriorated a little bit. During that time period, he was fucking killing it on the drums. Yeah. And he's hitting them hard. Right. So he was no slouch. But right. Like the drum sound on that live version of Whiplash, it just sounds like fucking like an avalanche. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kicking your ass. And then they do, um, they'd have uh, Jason take lead vocals mm -hmm. during it. And he has a more. A raw, aggressive sounding voice that even James had. Okay. So it just fucking. That's like the the version I listen to now. Okay. Okay. Um, they also have like a. I'm gonna go back and give that a spin. Yeah. They also have like a 15 minute version of like, uh, <laughs> seek and destroy. Right. Where there's like a 10 minute jam in it and shit like that. Right. Which is depends on whether or not you want to listen to a jam. Yeah. But it depends who's doing it. But yeah, yeah you yeah you know. But they also had Jason take the lead vocals on that, too. Right. So that's one thing that I I miss about the Jason Newstead era is he had really good backing vocals. Mm -hmm. And then they put him on leads every once in a while for fun. Whereas Rob Chiquillo, overall, is a better bass player yeah. than Jason. But he doesn't have the voice. Right. And Kirk doesn't never had the voice. No. And Lars definitely doesn't. No, yeah. So that makes it rough. So the backing vocals have taken a, a, a hit yeah. when they play shit live. Yeah. Well, speaking of extended jams, we got Made in Japan on my list here. All right. Which is, for me, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, Blackmore, extended jams. Yeah, that's my shit, you know. That's, to me, I, I actually put that on my list, too. Yeah. <laughs> that, I told you there's going to be crossover. On yeah, it. yeah. It's... I think it's just the definitive version of you know of that of Mark II. Right. Like the albums for for them, it's different. The albums don't quite capture what yeah. that band was about. No, you got to listen to them live. Right. I agree or with see that. See them live. 
Yeah. And Made in Japan is like one of the legendary right. live rock albums, which, you know, it's funny because we're doing this, you know, with the live album thing. I feel like the, the live album's kind of fallen off. Yeah. It, that, it used to be the thing. Right. You know, a band would do have a couple of studio albums and then crank out a live album, mm -hmm. you know, and Kiss kind of set the stage for that a little bit. Yeah, sure did. With, you know... The as far as it being a hit record, yeah. yeah, they did. Well, with a live really giving you the vibe. It turns right. out it wasn't really a live album. Like, really, like, what yeah. What the fuck ever. That's also here on the list. Yeah, well... Which we, I just I, I just put that in a live two into three sides. Three, you know... Yeah. But, I and mean, then we whatever, five talk, sides. I mean, yeah. Six. We don't talk about the... Uh, the other thing. The... the, the uh, uh, studio version of yeah. Life too. Yeah, yeah, nah, no, whatever. that's exactly it's you. That's all. It's it was hard. It was too hard for me to pick one over the other. Right, right. Um, if I had to, if like someone put a gun to my head and said pick one, I'd probably pick a live one. Yeah, just because it was more reflective of what their actual set was. Right, and you know, Paul was saying, you know, when they did live two. They're still playing most of the shit from Alive One live, mm -hmm. so they had to construct basically a fake set list, right? You know, it's like because it had to all be stuff that wasn't on the first one, right? That it, so it was all stuff from albums that came after, and it wasn't necessarily stuff that they were all playing live all the time, right? So. Yeah, which is which in a way is cool. I wish like other ba I wish other bands would. I mean, there's. Some like maiden songs that have never been played live, yeah. you know, and you just don't, but you know, whatever. I guess. Yeah, every once in a while, a band gets a wild hair up their ass. So, like, when I saw Megadeth uh, for the first time, um, they're playing Rust in Peace, right? The entire album, right? I like that. I and like when some that of those and some of those songs until that tour, they never played live, right? They never played Polaris live, yeah, shit like that. But they played it, they're like, Oh, this is the anniversary of the album, right? So they played it, right? And, uh, which is cool, yeah. I like that. And Slayer played all the seasons, yeah, in the abyss, yeah, that you know, that tour. It kind of it sucked because when I found out about it and I told my friend Alex, he's like, Well, thanks for spoiling the set list for me. Oh, yeah, you know, there's some people who like, like, you know, like uh, when we went to Motorhead and uh. And Saxon in LA, mm -hmm. I had set lists for everybody, right? But the homie Juan Carlos, he didn't want it. He's like, nah, I like to be surprised. You know, I, wanna, I like to whatever. be. I like to be surprised to an extent. I like to know when I can go to the bathroom. Yeah, that, you know, I was gonna say I like to know when I get to go home. Also, yeah, I, that's true too. If my legs are tired, yeah. <laughs> if the last song sucks and you can get out, yeah. you know, a little earlier, uh, like with this Deep Purple, the last song was Hush. We yeah. booked it, you know. Yeah, like I don't like Hush very much. Yeah, it's like and we, and we got to a little head start. Everybody had to get up early the next What's day. What's interesting though is them playing Hush on that because that's not even a, that wasn't even an Ian Gillen no one. Uh uh That was you know yeah that's Rob uh, Evans yeah Ian Ian Pace is in that band. That's it. Yeah, so yeah. it's like so you're playing yeah you're playing songs that. Because at that point, it's Ian Gillen's band. Yeah, totally. Know? Totally. So that's, it's kind of funny. Well, then it must mean he wanted to do it. I guess so. 
Yeah. Uh, why? It's, they ended on Hush, huh? Yeah. That's a dumb song. Yeah. Song. We left right after Smoke on the Water. You'd end on, you end on Smoke on the Water. I think. You start with Highway Star, you end on Smoke on the Water, yeah, and everything else is what yeah. the fuck in the middle. Yeah, exactly. That's, I would not. No, I would not end on Hush. Sorry, yeah. you got me fucked up on that one. I'm glad I didn't go to that. Yeah. I don't need to be booing. <laughs> Dude, purple. Ooh, that's a oh, dumb but that, song. That show is so entertaining, though. Like, the crowd, everything was so funny about it. It was yeah. really funny. Now, Rainbow, obviously on stage. Fuck yeah. Right? But you know, now I'm going to cheat. Okay. Because it's not... Of, it's not it's not real it's not a real like live album that came out at the time mm-hmm. but it is now Rainbow Live in Germany is, is oh, a live sure. album now yeah and the, it's fucking badass <laughs> I had a hard time picking because I needed to pick a Rainbow one yeah and I went I put on mine like the safe bet of on stage yeah, yeah Live in Munich 77 yeah. is great Live in Europe is yeah. great um, yeah so I mean any live Rain, album yeah. from Rainbow is going to be good. Yeah, for it's sure. It's funny, though, because of On Stage and Live in Munich 77, they basically have the same set list. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, for it's sure. Just, it's that same period of time for the band. Right, but uh, On Stage, I think, just like, they did all the songs with long jams in them. Yeah. You know, so, but, which is cool, I love it. You live know, in, I, you know, Live in Munich, that's, because they're at the point where, you know, Bob Daisley's in the band right during all that period yeah. so it's kind of like the definitive version I'm yeah. saying definitive a lot this yeah. episode Bob Daisley's Bob Daisley's always like he adds a lot of value to every band he's in yeah that that's just I've, something that I've figured out more lately yeah um, I, I do love to, for the live in Munich um, that has the version of Kill the King that I like more oh yeah it's on insane stage, just because they're both great yeah but I feel like uh, Dio's ad libby parts are a little bit better in, <laughs> in right. the because right. he's just kind of yelling out random things towards the end of the song on on stage. Right. And it seems like a little more focused on uh, on uh, live in in Munich. So. Right. Yep. I'm not even getting to pick anything because everything you've picked is something I also (laughs) have on my list. You know, it's funny because we mentioned Dio. And for Dio, I'm going way off the reservation because Mm -hmm. fucking uh, this is just something that I heard lately. And I never would have fucking heard it, but Lonnie has that Apple music. And she just was like, what? It was like... uh, she plays a live track and yeah. she's like, okay, tell me like when this is, when do you think this is yeah. from? And so I'm listening to it and I'm just like, man, well, it's not Vivian Campbell, that's obvious. And I'm thinking, who could it be? And in like in retrospect, I forgot that the reason that I like am so kind of sour on Craig Goldie uh-huh. is because he was great once. Yeah. And then I fucking like told a bunch of people oh yeah this fool's sick watch we're gonna fucking you know and then he sucked and so he made me look like a dick you know <laughs> and so and so that was kind of why but on uh, Dio Finding the Sacred Heart live album okay is fucking Craig Goldie at the top of his game and Dio is at the top of it it's like fucking um, 90 or something yeah. like that 
and and they they're it's a kick-ass record man it's you know i've listened to a little bit of that one yeah dio's one of those ones he's got a whole bunch of mm-hmm. live ones and i'm trying to figure out what like the perfect one to listen to is right yeah because there's gonna be some songs on there that i don't care as much about yeah or that or that it's good but maybe the sound quality is a little bit off or whatever it is because there's one that i think was done in around 93 where Mm -hmm. he started bringing some of his back catalog back into the show right he was playing heaven and hell yeah uh he was playing man on the silver mountain right and stuff so yep okay let's see i'm gonna pick one now go for it You've read a bunch in the row. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What are left? What do I have left here? Um, I'm gonna go with Iron Maiden, Death on the Road. Um, this is an interesting one for me, I think, because it's not like, you know, because this one was recorded in, I think, 2005, mm-hmm. something like that. So you think, you know, it's later era Maiden. It's not them at their prime, in their peak. Right. But for me, it was around the time I finally started getting into Iron Maiden. Okay. So I this I bought the the, the most latest live right. album. Right. And it's, it sounded fucking great. I the thing I like about it is you know these later live albums, while maybe Bruce or something might not quite have what he used to have mm-hmm. on vocals, just the fucking sound quality. It's awesome. It's so amazing yeah. for everything. And, you know. And there's an extra guitar. Yeah. They could do, do a lot of shit. They, yeah. they do a lot of extra shit. The guitars don't, the guitars don't get old. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at this point also, they're, they've gone from being like the hot, you know, the cool newer band. Like right. when they had their um, first live album. Right. That's when they're, and their peak popularity in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So they're still kind of the, the hot band going on. And that's fucking cool. Right. When you get to stuff like Death on the Road, they're now like the legendary band. Right. You know? Yeah. So the crowds are that much more into it. That's true. You know? That's true. It's like, and they don't need prompting for anything. Yeah. Like, you know, the beginning of Fear of the Dark. Right, like right when it kicks off, the crowd's already right chanting along with the riffs and stuff like that. Right, and like everybody knows what you're supposed to do during the song live now. Yeah, like nobody has to say, "Okay, now you do this to do that." Everybody immediately, you know. Yeah, everybody's up because everybody's like already on the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the uh, for me, oh. When I saw that on your list, I was like, okay, I think I have a DVD of this. Mm-hmm. So I fucking start digging and I found it. And so I watched it last night and it was great. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you said, a little bit off Bruce's voice, you know, uh, but the overall sound quality is good. The energy's high. Yeah. Fucking, um, they're probably tighter as a band. Yeah. than at any other time, you know? So, because I get, that's, you know, I, I think when you get older, that's what you work on, and that's and that's what you get. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. But for me, the Iron Maiden album is Live After Death. Yeah. You know, because, uh, first of all, 
I got that motherfucker the day it came out. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, the album cover was awesome. And I had just seen the concert, you know. So it was like, you know, and then, look at Aces High, Two Minutes to Midnight, The Trooper, Revelations, Flight of Icarus, Rhyme Mariner, Power Slave, Number of the Beast, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Iron Maiden, Run to the Hills, Running Free, Rat Child, 22 Acacia Avenue, Children of the Damned, Guy with Your Boots on, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. There ain't a weak fucking song on the fucking, all four sides. Yeah. And that's not fucking, that's not that common, you know? Yeah. So that's fucking, you know, I was just like, yeah, fuck, that, that was my shit. And since it was, it was really the first uh, Iron Maiden greatest hits album. You know, yeah. there wasn't anything before that that could get all, you know, you could get all these songs on it. Later on, they, they fucking became like the king of the compilations with yeah. them and Sabbath, you know. But um, that's the thing, man. That's a fine line with those, those greatest hits albums. They're a good entry point for a band. Mm -hmm. That's how I got into a lot of bands. And we we're talking about this earlier today. I made the mistake of doing that with Rush yeah. in high school. And I was like, I don't get it. Right. You know, and it was all right. Right. I didn't hate it, but it didn't grab me. And right. this was before I kind of, you know, I was 17 or something. This was before yeah. I realized, like, Rush was the kind of band that you can't, you got to have take them album by album. Yeah. And listen to all of, like, 2112 right. and shit like that. Right. And, so, if you, and if you don't like an album, you can skip it and come yeah. back, you know, because, like, <clears throat> I fucking... I got into Rush. Obviously, I heard Tom Sawyer. Yeah. And that was the introduction to Rush. And then um, the first album I was able to borrow was 2112, which was a fucking insane album. I loved it. So, of course, I would go back and get whatever, you know. And then, you know, like the first album, eh, <laughs> Caress of Steel, eh. You know, it wasn't until like Hemispheres that started, you know, and even then, that was kind of fucking weird, you know? <laughs> so, so I'm pretty much like, you know, hemispheres on, and then a couple of misses along the way, too, yeah. that I, you know, but Rush was one of those where it was like, I never felt that even if they did something that I didn't like, I still felt like I might like their next thing, yeah. you know? So yeah, and and uh, and exit stage left is here, you know, yeah. which, fuck. I mean, you know, if you like drums, <laughs> fuck. That's that's a fucking that's an album, to to fucking listen to. Uh, what else you got? Well, it's kind of funny. I feel like Iron Maiden kind of has that thing too, where the the whole, oh, I might not like this album. We'll see what happens on the next one. Yeah, because I think we talked about this a while back where. Every once in a while, Bruce gets in a mood, and wants mm -hmm. to, is like he's like, "Oh, this is his album. Uh, this is his space album, I guess." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is his Egyptian album. Right. Okay, this is his album about technology. Yeah. This is his album about like so you might they're not full on concept albums. Right, but they dabble. You know. Yeah. It's like that one was so was the most recent one was like what Book of the Dead. Yeah. And it's kind of got like a. It's that Mexican. Yeah, Mayan. Uh, yeah. Kind of look to it it's, yeah, yeah 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 it's pretty cool it fucking opens with like a 15 minute song but <laughs> right right but um yeah there some of those bands it's like that's the cool thing about bands that 
maybe want to do a concept or change their styles is you know mm-hmm. if you don't don't dig something you know they'll do something else you dig probably right yeah yeah you know with like with Iron Maiden they're so fucking ingrained in in my everything that I like seldom question anything they do but um, there was like a point where up until you know you make a point of it right uh, I think I think Queen made a point of it mm-hmm. at, at up to no synthesizers used on this record yeah you know whatever whatever and Iron Maiden used to do that up until somewhere in time yeah. and then they they had fucking some synths and shit and I was like oh yeah well I mean you know I wouldn't have been disappointed if yeah. you wouldn't have made such a, a point of, of telling me it was gonna be a disappointment you know yeah so whatever but yeah no I've always fucking I mean the only fucking shit that I don't like of theirs is is uh, when the Bruce was baby. gone yeah. and really that shit was not good I mean, I mean, besides the vocals, yeah, you know, some of a lot of the it was proggy and fucking, you know, had a lot of. I don't know, like if they were, if they were missing a, a Bruce's swashbuckling style, so they yeah. wanted to bring some pirate into it in the music or something. Yeah, it was weird, you know. But yeah, other than that, I'm I'm all in with yeah. Maiden. And then they brought in a guy that you can't can't pull off the Bruce songs right. live. Yeah. So it's like why there's no point to see them at that point. Right. That's uh, I almost this the one t- I still haven't seen Iron Maiden live actually. Damn. Uh the one time I almost did, I think it was still during the Blaze Bailey era. Nah. But um I seen Blaze Bailey. It was at the San Diego Sports Arena. Okay. And what it was is um my friend's brother uh hits me up he's like hey you want to see Iron Maiden I was like sure so I go and he's like here's what we're gonna do because he owned his own uh, company that's like a janitorial service mm-hmm. he's like I have a buddy that works at the sports arena <clears throat> so what he does is he just makes up a bullshit thing for me to come you know do some maintenance for his cart because he had like the co- a coffee cart or something. right right and that gets us in, and then we just go fucking walk, watch the concert. Right. He's like, "This is this always works." Well, apparently it doesn't work anymore. Uh, because we got there when Iron Maiden was on stage. They're getting on stage, so I could kind of see stuff going on. Yeah. But uh, security walked us all the way to the cart and stood there. Ah. Uh, and then he's like, "Hey, I need to call my friend real quick." So he's on the phone with his friend, like, "What the fuck am I supposed to do? Security won't fucking leave me alone." Yeah. And the guy was like, ah, god damn it. He's yeah. like, I guess more people have been doing the same thing. Um, just fucking take the coffee machine yeah. and go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so not only did I not get to see Iron Maiden, we had to lug out a coffee no, machine Lord. with us. Like a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah. But uh, no, nah, it's just one of those deals. They don't come to San Diego very much. Anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Not, they used so. to come every year. It's a thing. It's a thing where... Um, a lot of bands don't come here anymore. Small bands do, yeah. you know, but the big bands, they're just like, ah, we'll just play two nights in L.A. Yeah. And yeah, people will come if they want, you know, whatever. That's why we had to go see Sabbath up there. Yeah. I'm going to go see Maiden up there next year. I'm you know, already got gonna, tickets for that. Yeah, I'm probably going to go and see Maiden up in L.A. Yeah. Uh, 
There'll be um, plenty of seats because it's in a little soccer stadium. Yeah, I have to clear it with the wife. Right. Because she doesn't want me spending too much on concerts and shit when we got, you know, we're trying to Bills. And, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, see that, like, um, like, uh, People people trip out sometimes, you know. Uh, when I did uh, Dan Bublitz's podcast, he's like, mm-hmm. "Man, he's like, what? You, he's like, you're always going here, you're always going there, whatever, you know." And I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "You know, we, yeah, we go to a lot of concerts and shit, but that's all we do. Yeah, you know, we don't fucking, we don't have fancy dinners, and we don't fucking, you know." <clears throat> have a lot of gems and jewels. Yeah. You know, but we just go to a lot of shows. Cause fuck it. It's fun, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, and, and she likes it, which is yeah. fucking cool, you know? All right. These next ones are ones that I just heard so many people tell me that they're so fucking awesome that I had to just go listen to them. I would have probably not had they not been so fucking hyped up to me. Frampton comes alive. Frampton comes alive. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, that fucking album made his career. Yeah. Um, and those are Live and Dangerous, Thin Lizzy. Okay. It's a great fucking record, mm-hmm. man. It's like, uh, it was a great band. Yeah. The thing for me was just like, uh, the... The songs were just one step removed from what I really like, you know? But fuck, man, they were a fucking sick-ass band. And more to my style, Strangers in the Night, UFO. Okay. Right? That's fucking, it's got all the fucking songs that you like, UFO, and then Michael Schenker's just fucking going nuts all over the fucking thing. Yeah. It's badass. And, uh, like, I was telling you... um, the other day, I said, you know, if UFO songs were about cooler shit and they had a little bit cooler singer, they might yeah. be my fucking favorite band. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it's a little bit, but it was that time. They, they were before me. Yeah. That's why they seem a little corny or whatever, and not far enough before me for it to be cool. Shit from, shit from the 70s, when you're from the 80s, Shit was like, okay, bell bottoms and fucking polyester. Yeah. You know, and kind of everything fits in that category until further notice. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you got anything else? I have a couple more. I'm actually surprised uh, you didn't talk about uh, the Judas Priest. Uh, right. That's on here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's okay. on here. Well, uh, um, I'm going to do, uh, let's see, I got two more on my list. Okay. Deciding which one I want to end on. Right. Well, I'm still doing. I'm still gonna do a couple in depths. Okay. So you can do whatever you want. <clears throat> well, here's my here. Uh, one of my these are my two more in depth ones. Okay. Uh, first off, I'm gonna go with Motorhead. No sleep till Hammersmith. Right. That is the Motorhead fucking experience. Right. Aside from seeing them uh, live. That is, you know, when you listen to the the studio albums of Motorhead, they, they have some fucking killer albums. Mm-hmm. But the first Motorhead album, it's not quite what they ended up. Yeah, no. It's a lot more punky sounding. Yeah. And titty sounds like it was recorded in a trash can. Yeah. And, you know, stuff like, you know, you know the song Motorhead. Yeah. 
it's not quite as heavy as they ended up playing that shit live. Right, for sure. Yeah, so it's got kind of a strummy feel to it at yeah. some point. So then, you know, when they play it on this, it's just yeah, raw, kicking the shit exactly. out of you. When uh, when we were in Spain, they uh, they didn't have too much shit for us to do. They tried to keep us entertained, mm-hmm. like on the bass and shit. So they would have like this thing, like they call it the Rick and Rack Rock and Roll Show, and they would just it was just us in a fucking in a in a gym with some TVs yeah. and playing videos and pizza and popcorn and whatever the fuck you know. But it was cool. I mean, you know, <clears throat> whatever. And uh, and they had giveaways, you mm-hmm. know. So we uh, we won some shit, and we won some shit like uh, album from that band Jordy. Oh, that's uh, which was uh, Brian Johnson's Brian band Johnson's before band. ACDC, yeah. and we won this uh, Motorhead like a it was like an EP or something. It was some kind of a bootleg or something. It was called Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers. Oh shit! And it was Motorhead, and it was like. From first album era shit, and maybe even earlier for I don't fucking know, but it was all like that, yeah. you know. And and we were like we weren't sold on it, <laughs> you know. And if they played, but if they had played that shit, the that style of fucking No Sleep Till Hammersmith, we would have fucking loved it, you yeah. know. That's how different it was, for sure. Uh, here, just a random one that popped in my head, just to give it a, a little quick love. Um, I don't know where you fall on the uh, Aerosmith spectrum, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like no, nah, just nah. right on the edge. But uh, they have uh, they do their live album that had come out in the '70s. I think it's called Live Bootleg. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fucking cool. Like okay. if you like the '70s version of Aerosmith, right? Um, it's recorded in a way that. It's a fucking live album. Right. It's not like, you know, when you get the touch up albums. Right. That. It's a hundred percent live. Right. It is <clears throat> you know, at first her check this out because Eddie Trunk talked about some of his favorite live albums. Mm-hmm. And he brings up live bootleg a lot. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about that because they're talking about the most recent Van Halen one. Right. And how everybody's like, Ugh because Dave sounds like shit on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're like, oh, here's Dave live. This is what you wanted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and he's saying, he's like, yo, but I give him credit for it being 100% live. Right. They didn't touch anything up. They That's left, what they should do. They left it warts and all. Yeah. And Aerosmith's live album does that to the point where um, you can hear like random shit like in the crowd. Yeah, it's like it's not something that gets done as much anymore. But remember back in the day, you know, you go to a concert and people fucking light M80s and oh, throw yeah. them in the air. Oh yeah, you can hear that right. on the album. Right, people throw, pop. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the M80s going off and, totally in the crowd and shit like that. So it's really like you were there. Yeah, you know, you can, you know, you can put that on, and if you dig Aerosmith, right. You can imagine being in that crowd with all the pot smoke and everything else. Right. So it's just a cool vibe. Like I'm, I'm, I used to like Aerosmith a lot more. Okay. Um, what's funny is what ruined Aerosmith for me. What uh, somehow not like all their fucking power ballads and shit like that. Okay. It was when my brother went and saw Kiss with Aerosmith. Yeah. I didn't even see this show. Yeah. 
All My Brother did was cover because he, he. I saw that show. He liked Aerosmith a lot. Yeah. They he came, sucked. He came back. He's like, Aerosmith was fucking whack. Yeah. He's like, they played like they didn't want to be there. Or yeah. Because it was, it wasn't in a big, like, I don't know where they drove to, but it was one of those, like, cities that's kind of like a, that's weird that they're playing here. Yeah. So they went to that, and he's like, Kiss played like fucking Kiss. Yeah. And Aerosmith played like they're in some fucking half-assed town they didn't want to be in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. That, I, I think Aerosmith was just having a bad time during that time. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and friends would do that to you. I mean, you know. Uh, they're supposedly sober around that time. Oh, well, they maybe sometimes sobriety will do that to yeah. you. You know, uh, it it depends what you are that with the with the mix. You know, uh, you got to be comfortable. You know, you got to be into it. Yeah. You know, I, all that shit, man, is obvious at when it happens. Uh, let's see, what do I got here? Okay, another one that that was significant to me was um, Worldwide Live. Scorpions. All right. Now, the Scorpions also have a fucking badass album in the Tokyo Tapes, which is the 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 whole document of the Uli era. Yeah. Now, this is um, the the Matthias era, right? And I don't know if I fucking remember it incorrectly, or if it was only around here, or what the fuck. But everybody had that record. Huh. And everybody played that record all the time. And it was like, I would go places and hear that fucking record. And it was fucking radical because on the record, he's like, San Diego, yo, California. Yeah. We fucking, you know, it's fucking badass. It's just an extra. I was at that concert. So that was, you know, another fucking extra. Yeah. You know, but again, like the, the fucking, the, the songs on this motherfucker... You know, Coming Home, Blackout, Bad Boys Running Wild, Loving You Sunday Morning, Make It Real, Big City Nights, Coast to Coast, Holiday, Still Loving You, Rocky Like a Hurricane, Can't Live Without You, Another Piece of Meat, Dynamite, The Zoo, No One Like You, Can't Get Enough. It's just like, fuck, dude. There's, there's again, you can just play that thing from beginning to end, and nobody's going to be like fast forward. Yeah. You know, not that there is fast forward anymore. And then, like you say, <laughs> plus, you know, you, you being at the concert and being in San Diego yeah. does some shit. That's the thing, man. It's There's a few. Like, uh, when we're talking about the live shit before, you know, that, you know, that uh, one of the concert videos was at the sports arena. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's when they did two nights in San Diego with yep. no opener. Right. So yep. it's, you know, two nights of like three hours of Metallica. Yeah. And. It's fucking killer. Yeah. And it's, I don't know why they picked San Diego of all places. Right. Because but, they, the, well, you know, the sports arena notoriously sounds bad. Yeah. You know, but if you can get, if you can just take it off the mixing board, it doesn't really matter anyways. Yeah. And then uh, I almost put this on my uh, list and I went for the unplugged instead, but there's the Nirvana uh, from the Muddy Banks of the Wishka, which is a live. Nirvana album okay. of them not playing Unplugged. And right. It's one of those compilation ones where it's like performances from different places. Sometimes that's good. But they have um, three of the songs are are uh, there from when they played uh, the Del Mar Fair. Oh, shit. <laughs> and they put in their, in their uh, the little booklet that came with it that, yeah. you know, CDs Once Upon a Time came with. 
and they talked about why they picked certain tracks uh, live and this and that. Right. Um, they said that they picked the ones from when they played the Del Mar Fair in San Diego because for whatever reason, it was just the most aggressive sounding they've ever been oh, live wow. and got it on like recorded. Right. So, so they're like, oh, we got to put this shit out. So it's extra like raw and aggressive sounding. Right. So. Oh, shit. That sounds good. I got to hear that shit. Yeah. I gotta hear that shit. Okay, of course, fucking Unleashed in the East brought fucking Priest into the fucking modern age, you know, and and uh, I got fucking super, super into that record. And I think every every Priest fan has a fucking a spot for that record, you yeah. know? Um, fucking awesome. That, Updated yeah. those songs. <clears throat> the, that, uh, that album... It's fucking cool. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it updates it and it brings it like, this is what Judas Priest is from here on out. It's so weird to me because that came out, what, like 78? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So it's like this awesome fucking live album. And this is all before like shit like British Steel came out. So it's like you have like this, it's a fucking badass. Yeah. And then there's still so much more awesome shit to come from them right, after that. Right, right. To the yeah. point where there's a lot of that on that album that right. they don't really play live anymore yeah. and this and that. Yeah, and it's crazy because they did a couple of live albums after that that were like, eh, you know, not whatever. Not quite the same. Right. Oh, yeah, I can't leave out fucking The Eagle Has Landed, Saxon. Fucking badass fucking live album. I went back and listened to it and, and it was not as insanely good as I originally thought it was. Yeah. But it's still pretty fucking badass. Um, I got my last in-depth one, or you want to go? Uh, you can go, and then I'll do my last one. All right. This one's kind of a fucking uh, amalgamation of three things, okay? First thing is, is that uh, I had um, Speak of the Devil came out Mm -hmm. and at the time I can't remember if I got it right before or right after I recorded uh, Ozzy on the King Biscuit Flower Hour on uh, the radio right so that was that was concerts Uh you know and so that was Ozzy with Randy Mm -hmm. right and and then um, Speak of the Devil came out and so Basically, I had like the tape with all the Ozzy songs with Randy, mm-hmm. with a few Sabbath songs, and then Speak of the Devil was all of the Sabbath songs with Brad Gillis. Yeah. Right? Now, in listening to both of them, because I listened to them both over and over and over and over, I realized that on the Sabbath songs, like Iron Man, like Paranoid, <clears throat> Brad Gillis played them like Randy played him. Yeah. Right? He didn't play him like I only played him. And 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 they didn't sound at all like the way Sabbath played him anyway. Yeah. Nobody in the band. So I kind of came to the conclusion, or maybe I just wanted to come to the conclusion, that, you know, Brad Gillis had learned those Sabbath songs from tapes of the rehearsals with Randy mm-hmm. that were already, had been underway for a long time. So basically, that was like my, you know, secondhand way of hearing how Randy would play the Sabbath. Yeah. You know, which apart from a couple of songs I never got to hear. 
<clears throat> between that and the simple fact that this was um, probably 83, right? Uh, it was one of the first maybe five or six heavy metal albums that I bought. Yeah. So, I fucking heard those Sabbath songs on Speak of the Devil maybe a good, for a good year before I heard how Sabbath played them. Yeah. Apart from like Iron Man and Paranoid and yeah. a couple of those. So, I, I loved those songs from that record, you know? And then, of course, I, I loved the originals afterwards. And then I fucking loved fucking Randy Tribute when Randy Tribute yeah. came out. And uh, and that and when Randy Tribute came out, that kind of confirmed for me my all my suspicions that of of my conspiracy theory that I just came up with. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, that the mix of the the King Flower, which I think was the recording that ended up being Tribute, most yeah. of it anyway. And Speak of the Devil with Brad Gillis, fucking underrated, underrated album, underrated dude. Um, Ozzy probably sounding as good as he was going to sound for the next 20 years or so. Yeah. And now, still now sounding better than he did like in... 95 yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah it was it was a bookmark for me and a big fucking deal nice so um we're gonna finish this off with mine and we're kind of on a, a similar wavelength here but i'm going with the black sabbath reunion nice and that for me was just not you know it's not very often that you get into a band later in life that's already broken up right. and shit like that and then they get back together. Yeah. So, while I did finally get to see Black Sabbath live twice towards yeah. the end of the run, this made that even possible. You know, like, for me, Black Sabbath was, oh, I get to listen to Black Sabbath records mm -hmm. and that's fucking cool. And mm -hmm. I fucking love them, and I play the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. And then it was official, Black Sabbath is reunited. Right. You know, and then they do a fucking killer live album. Yeah, and it was all four. It wasn't no yeah. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, Bill Ward was in it and everything else. So it was the original mm -hmm. fucking full band. Mm -hmm. And just playing, it's, I mean, now it's like pretty much the same set list they played forever after that. Yeah. But at the time, it was fresh again. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Everything old was new again. It right. Was, and for me, I was, I think I was a high school senior yeah. when it came out. So I would gotten into Black Sabbath as like a freshman. Right. So my senior year was Black Sabbath is back. Right. Oh, so yeah. Like, Fuck yeah. Hell and my yeah. friend Sean had gotten... The, the reunion album before I did and he was like oh my god it's so fucking cool and I'm like yeah and I'm like immediately like asking what songs are on it and I'm like mm. oh does it have Sweet Leaf on it he's like fuck yeah it's like the most stomping version of it too like, <laughs> like dude he's like it's amazing yeah. and I finally get it and it's you know you know they had everything sounded great during it 
it was completely live as right. far as I can tell because they lift they leave in a part where a dude rushes the stage right and it's like Ozzy and Black Sabbath number fucking one oh, yeah. like <laughs> yeah and then Ozzy just what the fuck was that yeah <laughs> Yeah. You know, so the fact that that's on it. Yeah, because it was fu- it's funny because he's like so like drunk and slurring yeah. it. It's how they say, Ozzy Black Sabbath, Ozzy a bitch. Ozzy a bitch. But he said Ozzy's the best. Yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, that shit's fucking hilarious. Yeah, they left it on there. Yeah. yeah, they left it on. And it's just, it makes me laugh every time because I'd forgotten about that yeah. when I re listened to it recently. Because it's kind of hard to find now because uh, I have like a, I use like Amazon Prime music. Mm hmm. And it wasn't on there. You know, it's funny because sometimes shit gets left off like yeah. that. Yeah. But then I, for the hell of it, I uh, signed up for Spotify. Right. And it was on it. Yeah. So, speaking of which, Speak of the Devil was not on some, on one website's uh, Aussie official shit. Yeah. That's a bunch of, like, I think it's out of print. Yeah. Could be. Deal. And it's, but, um, you know, the, on top of that, you know, they have a live album when they're playing all their hits there's a a couple of studio tracks on there so it's new Mm -hmm. Black Sabbath music Mm -hmm. and the songs are pretty fucking good Mm -hmm. you know um, it's pretty much classic Iomi like riffs um, but with you know the better you know production values yeah yeah and Ozzy you know he's Sounding as good as Ozzy sounds around that time right 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 you know but there's you know the whole package was just like, oh my God, like one of my favorite bands in the world are back doing their thing. Right. Together. Yeah. And as far as I was concerned, that meant Ozzy and the guys were all best friends again. Right. You, you know, know, it was a little disillusioning to find out later that, you know, professionally, Ozzy didn't really like working yeah. with Tony. Uh, he felt, he, and I understand where he's coming from because he wasn't slagging Tony. He was saying, you know, when I'm on my own, when I'm solo, I get to do whatever the fuck I want. Right. It's my band. Yeah. I pick everybody in it. I do whatever the hell I want. When yeah. I'm in Black Sabbath, I'm just the singer. Right. Because he's like, basically says like it's Tony's band. Right. And that's why he doesn't like it as much. Well, yeah. I mean, that and, makes sense. And, you know, and he says, you know, and it's funny because he'll like kind of almost shit on him before giving him a compliment. Because I was reading this interview where he's saying, you know, yeah, Tony was a real pain in the ass working with. Mm-hmm. He's like, I love him as a person, but mm-hmm. when you work with him, he's very demanding and he's a huge pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. He's like, but at the same time, if he weren't like that, we'd have just been four assholes sitting around with their thumbs in their asses going, oh, right. what should we do next? Because Tony was the driving force. Right, somebody you got to drive. Yeah. Some, and, you know. uh, but, you know, they... It was just so cool being able to have that as, you know, during my senior year. And then finally getting to see him down the line. Mm-hmm. When it was, you know, during that time period after that, it's like I I didn't have a whole lot of money. And it mm-hmm. was hard. To, it's kind of hard to go into L.A., and see shit yeah. when you don't have money. And yeah. I had no interest in OzFest. Yeah. Because it would usually be, you know, they Ozzy would cap it off or Black Sabbath would play at the very end like right. last night. But I don't like festivals as a concept. I've never been to one and I don't think I'll enjoy it because it's like you go, you pay a bunch of money to mm-hmm. go to a fucking festival. You're stuck there now. Mm-hmm. 
everything's overpriced. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be like a he- a grip of bands you probably don't care mm-hmm. about that you have to fucking suffer through until right. like the shit you want to see finally comes on, and so I didn't want to throw down money to see Black Sabbath at Ozfest, and then when Thirteen finally came out, it was like oh shit, right? Black Sabbath put out a fucking album because yeah. this is around that time period that. I wasn't following them closely mm-hmm. anymore. Um, I was like, this is still like pretty much my favorite band of all time, but eh. They're, they're not doing anything. And they're not yeah. really doing anything. So I didn't know that they, I didn't even know they recorded an album. Oh, wow. So then all of a sudden one day it's like, new Black Sabbath song from the album 13, God mm-hmm. is Dead. Yeah. And it was a fucking sick song. <laughs> and then when I like look, I'm like, let's see, let's, let's see tour dates. Oh, L.A. Sports Arena in yeah. a couple months. Yeah, it's like, boom, Bam. who's going to this? Yeah, and I just grabbed my brother. I was like, we're going to go see Black Sabbath. He's like, I just remember that text going, hey, do you want to go uh, see Black Sabbath in L.A. with me? Uh, whatever date. And he just texts back, fuck yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, man. <laughs> so I went and did that. And it was cool because it was, you know. And what year was that? That would have been... It must have been about 2013. Okay. Um, I want to say. Right. Yeah, I, was, I just heard I was working at a mom test place. I saw them time. this last time, obviously, yeah. we, we went. And then I saw them in like 98. Yeah. Or something like that. And uh, that was at uh, that was at the Forum. Mm-hmm. And have you been to the Forum? No. Well, the forum right now is like they fucking uh, they fucking redid that shit, and there's like red carpets in there and shit, and like when you walk in the the like the hallways and shit look like a club, people are hanging out and shit, mm-hmm. whatever. When I went there in '98, it was a fucking shithole, dude. <laughs> you know, and you go out into the into the aisles. And you have to go downstairs to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. right? And when you get downstairs, you don't even make it into the bathroom yet. There's already like two inches of water you're fucking standing in. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this fucking place sucks. L.A. sucks. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Oh, well, got to fucking Sabbath. Yeah. You know, got to fucking go. Because, I mean, you know, we thought that might be it then. <laughs> you yeah. know that might be the last tour then 99 yeah, 98 you, you might never get to see them yeah. again yeah so little did I know chance. fucking still like 17 years later saw them again yeah fucking shit I, well this time at least you knew I didn't the think they'd time. be alive 17 years later I didn't think I'd be alive 17 yeah. years later so fucking then we shit get to, we get to say goodbye to uh, Black Sabbath and Ozzy we yeah see them both on their farewell on their farewell and kiss so There's going to be a lot of farewells coming, man. Yeah, a lot, you of, know? A lot of old motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be Tribute City. Yeah. You know, I was telling Lonnie uh, that I think, like, some bands should, like, just tune in to their, uh, like, whoever is, like, their best tribute band or their most popular tribute band uh-huh. and just look at their set lists. Because that's what we want you to play. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, these dudes are fucking fans first and foremost, I imagine. You're a Judas Priest fan. If you want to learn all the Judas Priest songs, 
then you probably are a Judas Priest fan. You know what you want to hear. Yeah. And that's the same thing we fucking want to hear, but they're going to play fucking some fucking Turbo Lover. Or, yeah. you know, so whatever. Okay, it's that's in the minds. Yeah, your little rant there. Yeah. Play what people want to hear, you stupid asshole. You know what? By this time, you know, because, I mean, the people that are going to buy your new record, they're going to buy your new record anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kiss... Wisely enough, they do that. Yeah. You know, Paul says, they're like, oh, someone's always like, oh, you're going to sneak in anything new in some of these set lists? Right. Hidden gems? And he's like, no, not really. Yeah. He's like, we're just going to play the songs that people want to hear. Right. And it's like you said, you know, he literally says, if you like the new stuff, that's great. Buy that album. Right. Listen to it. Right. Um, But we're pretty much going to play the hits live because people just don't have they they don't have the time to have that emotional attachment yeah to the new shit like right. you know when when they're playing shout it out loud and there's some dude that's like 60 yeah that listened to that shit when he yeah. was like a teenager right pretty much yeah totally he's got that connection yeah to that song yeah that he's had his entire life exactly when you play modern day delilah yeah it's gonna be more it's gonna mean more to more people if they don't play one of those songs than if yeah. they don't play one of the fucking... Yeah, well, you know? that's the thing is he said there's so many must-plays. Right. Where it's like, okay, are you going to play anything off the new album? Yeah, well, what do I get rid of right. in place of it? Right. Do I get rid of this? Do I get rid of that? Do I yeah. get rid of that? And it's like there's so many songs that are you can't yeah. take out of the set. With and them. they can't play... They can't do the three-hour shit. Like, yeah. you know, it, some bands... Can do you know it's it's too old for that shit. Yeah, so I mean know. that's the thing. It's like we just saw what how long overall did Ghost play? That was about an hour and a half. Yeah, or so hour, yeah, hour and a half, a little like that yeah. with the break. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but that shit's got costume changes. Yeah, and fucking all that shit. You know, uh, the the Judas Priest and Deep Purple they their both sets were about an hour fifteen. Yeah, you know. And by contrast, the fucking Smashing Pumpkins played three hours and like twenty. Yeah. This last time I seen them, so it's fucking, you know. Yeah. I guess it depends what you can do. Well, yeah. The last time we saw Metallica, they played. Seemed like it was close to two hours. Yeah. So. Yeah, they played two hours. Yeah, I'm sure. So yeah, some of these bands, man, they fucking they can still do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, Metallica, it's one of those funny bands too, where, you know, you had the live shit, but it wasn't quite a live album, live album. Right. You know, it was a, a big box set. Yeah. So not a bunch of people got that. Right. Yeah, at the time, because it was prohibitively expensive. Right. Like over a hundred bucks. Back yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Um, then you had uh, S and M. So they're playing with a symphony. Right. Yeah. So if you don't like that, it's like ah, pass. And yeah, I, know. I had it and it was cool, but. Mm-hmm. Some of those songs, they put a lot of so- shit off Load and Reload on it. Yeah. Um, songs that are normally in their set list weren't played on it. Songs right. that normally weren't were. Yeah. Because, you know... They lend itself you know, to that they shit. They lend itself yeah. to it a little bit. Um, and then they have one now that's, you know, it's okay. Right. But it's, they have a live album that they put out that was like for that... Uh, through the Never movie, oh yeah, yeah, they did. There's a live album to accompany that, right? You know, 
You so, know, I've never, I've, I've seen that movie, but I like, I don't know if I fucking missed parts of it or I dozed off or I don't know. I don't, I didn't, like, I don't remember it. It doesn't really stick in my brain. I, yeah. I gotta see that shit again. You know what? I, I'm gonna go see. I'm gonna see. Uh, Song remains the same again too. Um, inevitably, I know we're gonna have to do a fucking Zeppelin episode. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest Zeppelin fan, but I've been bumping some Zeppelin these last couple of weeks, and it's almost like a, like I'm brand new with them. Almost, yeah. you know, which I'm, I'm sure like some real Zeppelin fans would be jealous because they're like burned out on that shit. Yeah, and I'm just like fuck, I've never heard that before. Or I've never, <laughs> you know, I think I, you know, but uh, anyways, that's for a future episode. We should wrap this shit up. Wrap, they're uh, gonna close on us. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, so that's it for the live albums. Um, hope that you guys fucking either like all these same ones or heard something on here that you'll be able to check out later, yeah. and hopefully you'll like it. So until the next one, this is Big Frog. Mike Castleberry. For the Hit the Light Podcast, we're out.